I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Ranking Star Wars on the internet, what could possibly go wrong? Yes, on today's episode of the Movie Nights Roundtable, we will be ranking the live-action Star Wars shows uh, since the new Soka show came out. We're going to be ranking them by season, as well as bringing you the latest movie news, including news about the VFX workers within Disney, finally using, unionizing with IOTSI, as well as some other news headlines, and of course, the box office. So stick around, because the Movie Nights Roundtable starts right now. So I'm using a different type of microphone today. Uh, that's because we got a new audio mixer, which is great news. Very nice, very fancy, very expensive. However, um, I forgot a piece that would allow us to use both of these type of microphones yes. that Nick is using. So I didn't want to hold the mic. Yes, yeah, so here we are. <laughs> uh, I hate those stands. Eventually we'll get new ones. Yeah. But they've been around since the beginning when we were in college and didn't want to spend the money. <laughs> they were cheap in there. Yes, that's exactly what they were. <laughs> Uh, uh, hopefully the audio is sounding better on everyone's end. Yes. And we can provide a better audio visual experience for you all. Yes, yes. And uh, hopefully, please leave comments and feedback about that as well. We are kind of new to this mixer that we're using, so we're going to try our best so to keep it going. Stick with us. It might be a bit of a learning curve the next few episodes. Yes, but, but we'll get there. Solid, yeah. We'll get there. Don't worry, I'll have my regular mic back next week. And uh, with that, though, we have a big show for you guys. We're going to start off with the movie news section of our show where we kind of Dive in deep to movie news headlines. An extension of that is the B-roll section where we bring you some headlines just to kind of let you know what's going on but can't really dive deep into them. And then we're going to do a very special fun part of the video where we're going to be ranking the live-action Star Wars television shows. Not going to be any controversy there. No, never. definitely not. No, With Star Wars? Never. On the internet? Never. Star Wars controversy internet? No, 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 no. And then after that, of course, the best part of the, best part of the show, which, you know, we'll, we'll get to. Uh, Nicholas, yes, with sir. that down, what is the first news story of today? As we reported previously on the show, the Marvel VFX workers have voted to unionize with IATSE, and now the big story this week is uh, the greater Walt Disney Pictures VFX workers are also joining in that. Yes, uh, this is huge news. It's another step Very towards big. VFX workers getting their own union. They have to do it within IATSE right now. And uh, listen, that's two-thirds of the big Disney people. I mean... They're on Star Wars, and then technically, yes, animation and Pixar, there's, you know, visual effects there. Mm -hmm. But in terms of live-action storytelling, and, you know, we know that Lucasfilm probably has their own division, but they mostly use Industrial Light and Magic, which is George Lucas's, you know, company that he created for Star Wars. So, you know, you get some people from ILM and Framestore that start unionizing with an IOTC, I think eventually they're going to get their own damn union. Yeah, it's going to be and, big. Yeah, and I, I think it's honestly any day now. It, it should be coming hopefully within the next few months, um, maybe after the uh, actor strike gets resolved. But, I mean, th this is huge news. Um, and, you know, Disney, especially with all the Vulture articles that have come out recently, being a huge proprietor of the mistreatment of VFX workers. And I think this is the first step to making that stop. And I think that because of this, in the long run, while movies may take a little longer to get made, they're going to look so much better and be so much more immersive, which is what you want. That's what the VFX artists want. It's almost like when you give people time and energy and good amount of sleep and great working conditions, the work gets better. Yeah. Remember when Avatar 2 took 10 years? And look at that movie. That has the best visual effects in a movie yeah. I've ever seen. Ever. Correct. And it's because they had the time to work on it. Yes, and James Cameron's a madman. <laughs> this is also true. <laughs> um, 
yeah, but look, I, I think this is fantastic news. Mm-hmm. And, you know, often when you see bad VFX in movies, it's, it's not even because of the VFX artists, it's just because the timelines and working conditions they're working on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could say the same things about the writers and actors as well sometimes. And I, I think that this is finally putting a spotlight on them. They've been overlooked for far too long in this. And it is about time that this has happened. And I'm hoping that this will lead to other VFX companies, like I said earlier, ILM, Framestore, you know, the big heavy hitters yep. in VFX. Because if, especially if ILM, ILM is going to be the big one. If they get to unionize, then a good looking Star Wars show. What? <laughs> I, I can imagine once they get that first thing, it's like volume only when necessary. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Man, I mean, I you know, on on the whole, I would say that I I enjoyed Ahsoka, but yeah. the volume work. Listen, we're going to get into it. I know. We're going to get into well, it. Well, I I'm, it's not even the ranking, it's just the volume work on it. Yeah. And the same thing with Marvel, like mm-hmm. no one has used the volume well. I would argue the first season of Mandalorian. First season and of Mandalorian and, and, the second and season. Steven Spielberg with the Fableman. <laughs> Only two people who know how to use the volume. Yeah. And, and like, th- there's some good uses of the volume in there. Like, um, in Ahsoka, I mean, like, I, I know one of the uh, the courtroom scenes mm-hmm. was the volume. And, like, that's cool. Everything like, I wouldn't with Ron looked awful. <laughs> it, it didn't look too great. <laughs> it did not look great at all. No. I will say that. I think yeah. the worst use of the volume was probably Thor Love and Thunder. That was a pretty bad use of the volume. Yes. Ant-Man, Quantumania. Uh, Better, but not great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, we're getting a little off topic. Uh, what do you guys think of the uh, Disney VFX Euchers um, officially going to unionize with IOTSI and joining the Marvel VFX workers? That was the only real main deep dive movie news story we had for you, but now we're going to move on to the B-roll section of our show. And as I mentioned earlier, it's basically an extension of the movie news, but except we're just going to kind of throw quick headlines at you with some quick thoughts instead of deep dives, rather. Nicholas, what do you got for us? Yeah, first up on the B-roll and not on my bingo card for movie news, uh, Chris Rock, comedian, infamously slapped at the Oscars. Correct. Um, is set to direct a biopic about Martin Luther King Jr., executive produced by Steven Spielberg. That, that That's a hell of a headline. It's a very interesting headline, I will say that. I will say, I think Chris Rock's directed three films. I haven't seen any of the films he's directed. I've seen a couple, I think he's done a couple stand-up specials, and I've seen those. Not really a good judge on, you know, mm-hmm. movies. But, listen, if he's got Steven Spielberg's behind him, I mean, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, it's just an interesting choice to take on such an important person in history. Yes, yes. Um, I'm going to throw this one at you, though. Go on. Over or under 5% Will Smith plays MLK. Ooh. It's a low line. Over. Over five? I'll go over five. I think there is a zero 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 point one percent chance. It would be funny, though. Think of the PR, though. It's a good PR. It's very good, good PR. PR. Anyway, what, what do you got next for us on the B-roll? Yep. Um, well, following up and finally putting a wrap on the Writers Guild of America strike. Yes. The contract has officially been ratified yes. by a 99% approval from its members. Yes. That is signed, sealed, delivered, and done with. Absolutely. Um, this is fantastic news. As we reported last week, um, they already approved work going back to work because they were so sure that it was going to be ratified. 99%. It's a freaking ridiculous I think number. they said it was like 90 people who... <laughs> Out of like Scented, yeah. almost over ten thousand, probably yeah. twenty thousand. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, really happy for the writers. Now, if only the actors could get their deal, that would be fantastic. 
Yes, absolutely. And our last B-roll topic, um, you know Guillermo del Toro, prolific director, excellent director, lover of animation and cinema as a whole. Yes. He was doing some interview, a little press, and just casually dropped a very interesting nugget of news. Uh, someone asked him, the reporter said, hey, what are like some of the projects you know that just got away from you that just never... Because he famously has a lot. Never got yeah. made. Yeah, like, I think he has a Justice League movie that never got made. Yeah. And he said, oh, yeah, I had a movie that was about the rise and fall of Jabba the Hutt. And that was recent, he said. He goes, that was a recent one. We were robbed. We were robbed. Ladies and gentlemen, we were robbed of Guillermo del Toro's Jabba the Hutt movie. What a combination. I want it so bad. I want I, it so bad, I need Nicholas. that injected into my veins. We would have got more Bib Fortuna before he just says, Boba, and gets shot. Boba. <laughs> we would have had that. Yep. Salacious Crumb. Salacious Crumb. We would have had, who's the elephant? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Max Reebley. It's, it's something like that. Um, and we would have had more puppets. Which oh, with Guillermo, it? absolutely. Exactly. And the sets. Oh, the sets would have been gorgeous. Immaculate. Oh, would have been great. I wonder why why it fell through if they just wanted to go in the direction with their other things. Just, Guillermo del Toro wants to make a Star Wars movie. You give Guillermo del Toro a fucking Star Wars Look, movie. I agree. I mean, there's so many reasons why these things do and don't happen. You know, and it's, yeah. you, you try your best to kind of get there, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. You know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's that's fascinating. I, I really wish that that one could have worked out. It would have been a good one. It would have. It would have been. I yeah. mean, we have no idea. Maybe it got canceled for a reason, but. Yeah, fair. The thought, the theory sounds great. The in, theory. In theory, this works. The theory does work. In I theory, agree. that's a match made in heaven. Can you imagine him winning, like, Shape of Water? And then being like, yeah, I'm going to do Job of the Hut next, and that winning an Oscar. That would have been good. Would have been good, though. That would have been good, though. All right, guys, with that down, let, let's get into the shit here. You, 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 you clicked on the video for a reason, and it's about time we delivered it. Um, it's not going to get too crazy. It's not going to get too crazy in here. Uh, we're we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna do our best, and uh, let's kind of do the stipulations first. Okay. We are ranking them by season. Yes. Not by show. That affects one show only. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and, of course, as more of these shows come out, now we have Skeleton Crew, Acolyte, Second season of Andor, eventually more Ahsoka Mandalorian coming out. Um, I, we're going to update this, obviously. Yes. But we figured since Ahsoka had just ended, and I'm not going to lie, I don't know when Skeleton Crew comes out. Yeah, I don't. And, there's no announcements for yeah, any of that yeah. stuff. So, yeah. you know, with that all pending, I figured, let's do this. Let's rank what we think so far of the Disney live-action Star Wars shows. So Before we begin, can we just rattle them off real quick off the top of our head here? Yes, yeah, so there's there's three seasons of The Mandalorian. Okay. There's The Book of Boba Fett. Okay. Andor. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka. Obi-Wan. I believe that's it. Right? Seven? Seven. 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 So, I say we rank them worst to best, and we'll go back and forth. All right. And uh, this is how it's going to go. Uh, Nick, you're going to go first. Mandalorian season three. At seven. Yes. Go on. No shit. Go on. No, Go on, on, Nicholas. No, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> yes, I stand by this. Wow. Okay. Okay. Nick has Mandalorian season three at number seven. Yes. Why is it the worst? It was a significant drop off from the other two seasons of The Mandalorian. Okay. It was really sort of scattered shot. Mm hmm. Um, I think just on a whole, from a story point, not put together well. 
I think some of the action was good. Obviously, Mando and Grogu are great. But after such a good ending for season two, it felt like it didn't know where to go with the characters. And it sort of shifted focus a lot to, um, what is it, Katie Katie Carrick? Not Katie, Katie Sackoff? Katie Carrick. Katie Carrick's a news reporter. Yep. She was in Shark Tale as well. She was in Shark Tale. <laughs> Katie Sackoff. Yeah. Uh, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. And honestly, I mean, I never watched the animated shows. Mm-hmm. I was never a big Bo-Katan fan on Mandalorian. Okay. So when, you know, we have 50% of the show being about her, I don't just didn't work. The whole, like, season of Mandalore, I yeah. was not really invested in that storyline. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. My number seven is the Book of Boba Fett. Okay. Um, They took one of the coolest characters in Star Wars who had a bitchin' return in Mandalorian Season 2. Mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome, Mandalorian Season 2. And they made his show not even about him for most of it. And yes, there are good things in the show separately. Like Luke and Ahsoka together. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Right? Seeing him train Grogu, very cool. The CG looked much better than Amando too. Very nice. Where the fuck is Boba Fett? Yeah. It's called the Book of Boba Fett. Mandalorian gets a whole episode. It's a great episode. Grogu gets an episode. Yeah. Two episodes. N- nothing. Yes. The only episode of the show about Boba Fett that I enjoyed was the second one with the train fight. I thought that shit was cool. You know why it was cool too, right? Why? Sad fucking Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> love fucking... I love Tuscan so, Raiders. So and look, they they try to do something different. Yeah. Like at the end of Mando two, he sits on the throne, and you're like, oh fuck yeah, there's gonna be like a Godfather in Star Wars kind of shit. And he's like, nah, I'm gonna be like good about it. What are we doing? Like it was just such a departure for the character. And don't even get me started on those dumb fucking cyborg people. Oh, they were awful. Oh, they my God. And that car chase was rough. Rough. Extremely rough. rough. You want to talk about bad volume, too. Book of Boba Fett arguably does it the worst. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I feel bad for some of the people on the show. Like, there were good moments. There were good action sequences. Yeah. But, my God. And McNawen, who we love. Yes. There are only a couple things that I'll give the show. One, Luke and Ahsoka was, was cute. Should have happened in a different thing, but cute. Him blowing up the Sarlacc pit with the seismic charge... While the approach was stupid because he should have known he was lived in it for however how long that it was going to grab him. Yeah, I like the seismic charge and it makes a cool noise. <laughs> you see, and uh, him actually like his hand coming out of the dirt like digging like that's something we we wanted to see forever from the Parks and Rec bit. Yes, and it finally happened. So that was cool. But like overall, it just yeah. it just felt flat, flat in its face. And like if they were going to do it again or do something with that character, they got to just do a one eighty. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of the few things where they just like you need to just. Yeah. Wrap this up. So yeah, Book of Boba Fett is my number seven. What is your number six? My number six is Book of Boba Fett. Oh wow, look at that. And I'll tell you why I have it above Mandalorian season okay. three. Okay. Because the episodes you just mentioned about Mando uh-huh. and about Grogu were better than any episodes in Mandalorian season three. Okay. And now granted, if we're looking at the show as a whole, it's very weird that we detour there. But like you said, that episode the second episode with the Tuscan Raiders and I did enjoy other little aspects of the show, like the uh, Jabba's relatives yeah, yeah. coming in. We had a Matt Berry droid, which is always yeah. fun. Cad Bane, too. Cad Bane showing up. Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> I, I found that there were more elements in Book of Boba Fett that I enjoyed watching. Even though, as a whole, the show was a bit of a mess, I enjoyed watching it more than Mandalorian Season 3. Okay, fair, fair. Because of my number six is. 
Mandalorian season three. Yes. <laughs> and here's why I liked it more than Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. While Boba Fett had better standout moments, mm-hmm. Mandalorian season three had a actual overall story it was going for. Okay. And you could see the through line. Mm-hmm. Like looking back on Mandalorian season three, you can see the journey of both Bo-Katan and Din Djarin and where that's supposed to go. Now, why it's so low, because it's not good. <laughs> like, yeah. what they did with Moff Gideon was so fucking stupid. And he was fantastic in the early seasons. Yes. Because it's Giancarlo Esposito. He's fantastic in everything. Correct. And, and just, it was such a an unfortunate thing. Like, it just kept getting worse as it went, it felt like. And yes, it had really cool sporadic moments. It had cool things to look at. And there was a story there. Mm-hmm. But like I imagine Bo Katan just hangs out in that seat in that room for just waiting for people waiting for people up. to show up. Like, you know, like what's going on? And it, it just it just was such a drag. Like honestly, the best episode for me was the third one. And I'm gonna get a lot of shit for that. About the one guy living in Coruscant who used to work for the Empire and he gets recruited to work for uh, the New Republic. Oh, I liked that one. That was interesting. Yeah. Now granted, it should have been intercut with other shit instead of just it's the standalone yeah. episode. But I thought that was the most interesting part. I'm like, all right, this is let's see where this goes. Well, also just on the whole, uh, Mon 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 Mothra, Mon Mothma, Mon Mothma is fantastic in all of them. She's been delightful in every 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 show she showed up in. Yeah. Now, granted, it's so sad to watch her in Andor and then get like sentenced to the volume. Yeah, <laughs> sentenced to the volume. But she's so good. Yeah. Oh, we did on earlier. In the- Batman used volume. Great. Batman did use volume great, yeah. All right, but anyway, just distracted. What is your number five? My number five. It's tough. It, I, my number five and four could easily flip. I'm going to go with Ahsoka. I agree with you. She's my number five, too. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Now, why, now, I'm very worried we have the same list going up now, going just up, the bottom. We're, we're yeah. done here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you why. I, As I said before, I have not watched the animated shows. Yes. I know that is... Something I need to do. I religiously haven't watched them either. I've seen I've seen episodes yes. of them. I saw the Clone Wars movie in theaters when it came out. Mm-hmm. I just never dove back into it. And Ahsoka to me felt very much like constant winking at the camera. Yeah. For stuff that I was unaware of. Now, Grant, I did like a lot of the characters. Like I love Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. Fantastic. I don't know how like her portrayal versus the animation. But what I see Rosario Dawson doing, I enjoy. Yes. I think also that um, uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead as uh, Hera. Yeah. I thought she was great. Uh-huh. She might have been my favorite character from it. Probably. Um, and they sort of do throughout the show, spoilers for Ahsoka, kind of what episode seven of Star Wars did with this whole we need to find Luke. But it was Ezra. Yeah. I didn't know who, I mean, I had a vague understanding of Ezra uh-huh. was, but I didn't see the importance there. So sort of that whole storyline and this presence of Thrawn, who I'm not familiar with, just didn't, I was just sort of watching things, but I felt sort of adjacent to them. Yeah. And that being said, there are great moments in it. Like everything with Ahsoka and Anakin worked very well, I thought. Yeah. And their episode was great. Yeah. And uh, I thought most of the fights were decent. Like the yeah. duels and everything, and uh, 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 Ray Stevenson. Oh my God! Crushed, unbelievable. R.I.P. Yes, I'm so sad that he he did we, so good on this. Yes, show. he did. Um, yes, he did. But on the whole, I didn't sort of feel this threat that was looming. 
and it did feel very much like set up for the movie that was announced that's going to wrap up the Disney Plus universe. Yeah. So I kind of didn't know where the direction story was going until it was just set up. Fair. Um, I, I agree with you on some bits. I, I also, as someone who didn't like d- yeah religiously watch the animated shows, I thought I did a decent job catching you up on the relationships and yes. where people were at. So I didn't feel lost in that regard. Mm-hmm. Emotional connectivity is where I struggled with that. Yeah, Especially because, listen, I think Dave Filoni, from a live-action filmmaking standpoint, has improved significantly. Mm-hmm. But man, his dialogue is still rough. Yeah, And like the first three episodes, I almost gave up on the show. Because I was just like, it's it's fine. Like what what I'm watching. Like it's 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 barely building to something. I I loved the opening of episode one with the two new villains. I thought that that was fantastic. Yes. And I thought that every time it would cut to the rebels characters, is basically this is just another season of rebels. The show is called Ahsoka. I'm going to learn more about Ahsoka. And I know a lot of the excuse there is like, oh, well they have tales of the Jedi and all these other stuff where you can learn about Ahsoka. I'm like, yeah, but I want to watch the show called Ahsoka and yes. learn about Ahsoka. You should still be able to pick up yeah where they're starting and. Episodes four and five, I think, were the best in the whole series. Those were the Anakin ones. One, five was the Anakin one. Four was when she fights Balin and loses. Oh yeah, that was a great one. So, and the reason why is because those felt episodes that were about Ahsoka Mm -hmm. and her journey. Episode five is all about her learning more about herself through Anakin. That was the thing. I felt like at the end of the show that no character had an arc. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like Ahsoka's arc happened in five. Yeah. And then it didn't change after that. Exactly. And, like, yeah. Sabine's arc just felt like it was to find Ezra. Yeah. But there, I didn't feel like an emotional... I thought I thought Sabine's character was good. Yeah. I thought that I didn't enjoy the performance very much. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll grow on me later on, mm-hmm. but that that I struggled with a bit there. I liked the main, uh, like, sub-villain at Thront Morgan. Mm-hmm. I thought her and her fight, like her. Oh I yeah, liked, I liked everything she was doing. I enjoyed yeah. that, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize this while watching it because I'm just a bad Star Wars fan. I guess <laughs> I didn't realize she was the person that Ahsoka. Yeah, 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 yeah. In, in Mandalorian, Mando too. Mandalorian season two. Yeah, that's how he gets the best scar spear. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's neat. Yeah, no, it was cool. <laughs> I saw that clip online, and I went, I don't remember this from Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, uh, and like, and I want to make it clear. Yeah, the jump in quality from Mando three, B- Boba Fett to Ahsoka is significant. Yes. I think. That you know, yeah, that and that yeah. that's a leap. Yeah. Yeah. And All right. like there's a big leap coming up soon too. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I got our number four. One, two, two three, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I can flip Ahsoka and Obi Wan depending on the day. Mm-hmm. The reason why I have it I give it the slight edge. While it has some low lows and it just on an execution level, which is what made it so disappointing did things incorrectly, like horrific use of the volume. Mm-hmm. Um, chase sequences that you had no stakes in, like Book of Boba Fett. It just didn't feel real, didn't feel... It just felt staged and fake. Yeah. You have Obi-Wan sneaking Leia in a coat and it working. You know, it's just like that kind of shit. But then you have high fucking highs. Like, dude, that finale, when he is having that lightsaber fight, a fucking great lightsaber fight, oh, yeah. by the way... And he has that moment where he just tells him that he's sorry, and they have that confrontation, and Anakin tells him, Darth Vader tells him that you know he's the one that killed Anakin. Oh my god! I mean, even just their initial, their first fight. Yeah, when he put, puts him in the fucking fire, yeah, dude. When yeah, Vader just lights the coals on fire and starts dragging him. And yeah. You're like, oh, this is dark. Yeah, and it's a TikTok audio now, but when he says, what have you become? And he says, I am what you made me. Yeah. Shit was awesome. And then even like, I love the stuff with him and young Leia, like when they're on that 
uh, crate yeah. when they were undercover. And he starts talking about his life, and we learn more about him. In the show called Obi-Wan, we learned more about Obi-Wan. Thank God. Like, yeah. we got it in one show. But it was just like, I, I was really digging that. And yes, it wasn't what we thought it was going to be, because with the misdirect of it being Leia instead of Luke. But overall, I thought the story really worked. There were some things I didn't like. Some characters I thought were weren't written that well. Some performances I didn't think were very good. But overall, the highs were high. High! Yeah. And... I- I, I think also the big thing is that main storyline with Obi and Leia. Yeah. Um, well, I did like that flip because you're kind of not expecting it. Kind of like uh, the beginning of Mandalorian when you see yeah. Grogu and exactly. you're like, oh shit, one of Yoda's species. Yeah. Um, we already had two seasons of that same type of storyline yes. with Mando and Grogu. Yes. And granted, the whole older guy out of retirement taking care of a child, it, it's a trope that happens. Mm-hmm. And... While even Mandalorian doesn't really do anything to play with the trope and kind of flip it on its head a bit, the refreshingness of you're like, oh, that's cool. I wasn't expecting that from this show. Yeah. The Obi-Wan show, we're like, all right, we got two seasons of this, and they're not doing anything different than what they're doing. Yeah. So it was just sort of copying, pasting, and changing the character names. It it did feel that way. It felt that way a lot. No, granted, the young Leia performance. Oh, I thought it was great. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And it... The the Reva character I loved and hated, and it brought back Jimmy Smiths. It did bring back Jimmy Smiths, and I love Jimmy Smiths. And uh, I thought both in Ahsoka and Obi Wan, Hayden did great. Yes, and you know it's crazy what Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen can do with directors who know how to direct actors. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, so that's Obi Wan's four. It, it is nice to see Hayden coming back into the fold too, because I know he did have a lot of hatred coming out of the fan base for quite a bit yeah so it's nice to see him being welcomed back with such enthusiasm and excitement and that he has that same level yeah no it was very very nice to see um so that's our number four i think we might get tripped up here what's your number three mando 2 fuck we have the same list mine's mando 2 as well so all right we both have mando 2 at number three yep why is to you why is it not better than Mando 1? Can I? I'm actually going to go first. Yeah, you go first while I process that. I have an apt comparison that I think is going to ring true in your brain. Go on. I compare Mandalorian Season 1 and Mandalorian Season 2 to Daredevil Season 1 and Daredevil Season 2. Okay. And that both Daredevil Season 2 and Mandalorian Season 2 have the best individual moments of the show. Mm-hmm. Where if I wanted to go back and watch the highlight reels, I'm going straight to Season 2. You got Boba Fett. You got the return of Ahsoka. You got Luke Skywalker in the finale. You got Bill Burr being Bill Burr. It's Space Boston. Yes. It's fantastic. Yes. But overall as a story, it was a bit lacking. Mm-hmm. The only real through line was we have to get him to a Jedi. And they just try that. Whereas Mandalorian Season 1, I thought, had, once we find Grogu and learn that this is going to be about protecting him, and we learned more about Din Djarin when he goes to the village and he, you know, the one that Bryce Dallas Howard directed and he meets yeah. those people. Like, like, it was such a personable and personal story within the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. that it gets the slight edge, even though 2 has the better pop-out moments. I thought overall as a collective story, Mando 1 works slightly more, which is why it gets, why it gets the edge. I would agree with that, as well as, um, you know, I think they nailed their finale with Luke. I yes. thought that was a great, like, top... You could have ended the Mandalorian series there. I honestly wish they did after watching three. <laughs> um, it, it was such a nice, neat wrap-up, and you had this expanding universe where you could just put 
Mando's a gun for hire. Yeah. That's what he is. He could show up in any show you want. Mm-hmm. We need a gun for hire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, season one was something that I found to be very refreshing for the Star Wars universe. It was different. So I'll, I will say my next, my number two is Mandalorian season one. And why I have it yeah. above is I think it was something refreshing for the Star Wars universe. It came out during COVID and we were, Disney Plus was just launching and you were like, it kind of built this level of excitement of this show was great when it first came out. And you watch and you're like, all right. They have this underlock. Like, I'm actively excited for every other show they have coming out now. They introduced the volume. They used it very well yes. in it. Uh, it was a great storyline. Pedro Pascal was Pedro Pascaling all over the place. <laughs> uh, Grogu, another famous baby to put into the canon of things, like Baby Groot and everything yeah. like that. And just the hype and the unification of the Star Wars community of, yes. oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, this is what we want. And John Favreau, always great. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of gives it. It's also like a level of hypeness and memory. Yeah, that, that, that edge over two. Yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. I got you. And my number two was number was Mandalorian season one as well. So, with only one show left, we finally just have a platform to just sing the praises of this show. Nick, number one's fucking Andor. And we said the big leap was happening. It's a big leap, even it, between Mando one. Listen, for me. Mando one's great. Andor is fucking. Yeah, another level of fantastic. And like, you want to talk about refreshing for the Star Wars universe? Dude. Mm-hmm. And I was late to the party. You watched it before me. I and watched you, it a long time before and, you. I'm like, please watch it. Yeah. And dude, I... Here's the thing. One, it was 12 episodes. It was longer. Mm-hmm. And it was run by people who had show-run television shows. Yeah. Live-action television shows before. So you had three-episode arcs, four-episode arcs that would lead to a bigger overall story as well. And it was wholly satisfying. It was adult. The first thing Andor does in the show is fucking murder two people. Yeah. It was so metal. Yeah. And, like, you learn more about him. And here's the thing. I couldn't have given a shit. Like, when they announced the Andor show, I was like, why are they doing this? Yeah. Like, I did not care at all. And it became my favorite show. That's how good it is. One, it looks fucking fantastic. It's easily the best-looking Star Wars show. Best written show. Yeah. Yes. And... Mom Mothma, fantastic in it. Yes. Fucking um, the Skarsgård, amazing in it. Uh, fantastic. That monologue he yeah. gives in episode 10 is crazy. Speaking of episode 10, holy fuck that Prison Break episode. Oh, Andy Serkis. That's one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. Andy Serkis just absolutely crushes it yes. as well. Andy Serkis is great in And then Andor's mother giving the speech in the finale. Oh, mm-hmm. it was so good. I'm I mean. Just, dude, I'm so the hype is so real for season two that I'm 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 getting worried that it's not going to be able to live up to it. Yeah, the the fact that Andor came out in terms of a dialogue, and here's also part of the reason as well. Now that we're at it, why Mandalorian season three is at the bottom? Yeah, because it was following the tales of Andor, and we went from watching this dark, gritty, showing really the sacrifices that goes into the rebellion. Yeah, like you said, I think it's, it's Stellan, I believe. Yeah, Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård's monologue. Where he's like, I burned my life to make a sunrise that I'll never see. Yeah. To then I watch Jack Black and Lizzo play like <laughs> pool. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. What 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 occurred here? There there's a storyline in Andor where um Stellan yeah. Skarsgård's character and um uh, Forrest Whitaker's character, what's his name, Saul Guerrero, where he has to go to him and say, Hey, we know that this guy on your team is about to die, but you can't tell him that. You have to go let him die. Because if he pulls out, then the Empire knows that we have a plant, and we've worked too hard for that plant, and we can't lose them. Yeah. So we have to make them think that they've won. So you're going to have to let them die. 
awesome. And then like that conversation that that led to was insane. And then everything with like we said before, everything with Andy Serkis's character. Yes. And I I don't I I know some people who watch the show that haven't watched it yet, so I don't want to ruin yeah. it. But just the gut punch line that he delivers toward the end there. Yes. Oh yes. And and and, yeah. and also like Star Wars. Yes. This felt like a war. Yeah. In the best possible way. And um, oh, Diego Luna did a fantastic oh, job. Amazing Car- job. Carried, carried that show yes. on his back. And yes. granted, there were a lot of other storylines, but he is Andor. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Oh. So, guys, there is the ranking of our live-action Star Wars shows. We just mixed up the bottom two, so I hope it was still an interesting conversation <laughs> for you. Uh, but we'd love to know your ranking. Uh, please leave them down in the comments below. And, you know, if you attack us, we'll ignore you. So <laughs> that's just how it goes. <laughs> Unless you attack us in a nice way. <laughs> no, listen, if it's funny... We will have a dialogue. Listen, yes. Oh, yeah, no, if you just give your opinion, we'll, yeah. we'd love to have a dialogue. If you're funny when you insult us, yeah. we might... We might say, hey, that was pretty good. You might get a like. You might get a like. You actually might good. get a like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. Th- that's our ranking, guys, and we appreciate you sticking around for that. But it's, now it's time for the most important part of the show. It's time to move on to the box office. The box office. Holy fuck. I hope I didn't ruin that with the mic. Nicholas, what were our predictions from last week? All right, Dalton, you had Paw Patrol, Exorcist Believer, Saw X, The Creator, and None 2. I had Exorcist Believer, Paw Patrol, Saw X, None 2, and The Creator. We were both wrong. Oh, boy. But you had the first three. Hey. So, the top five box office. Coming in number one, The Exorcist Believer with $26.4 million. Respectable. Coming in second, Paw Patrol, The Mighty Movie, making $11.3 million, an exact 50% drop from last week. That's pretty solid for them. Good for them. Yep. Coming in third, Saw X, making another $7.8 million, a 57% drop, still within that average range. Mm -hmm. Coming in fourth, The Creator, making another $6.2 million, a 56% drop, still within that range. Number five, sticking in there, the Fathom event film about the Duck Dynasty guy, The Blind, dropping 27% to make another $3.2 million. Good good for them. them. Really great for them. Um, that's awesome. And uh, let's take a deep dive into these numbers a bit, shall we? Mm-hmm. The Exorcist Believer has now made $43 million total worldwide on a production budget of 30 So it's already made 1.5 times its budget back. Oh, boy. So you need to get to 2.5 to be profitable, but they spent $400 million getting the rights to The Exorcist over three films. Yes. So over three films, they need to make a $400 million investment worth it. Um, and if you haven't seen it already... We do have a review of it on our channel. Yes, we do. That you can find somewhere in the description, probably. And uh, let's just say, if it doesn't make $100 at least, they're going to be pretty upset about it. (laughs) Just a little bit. So we'll we'll have to see how that one goes. Isn't it already a planned trilogy? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, Paw Patrol Mm -hmm. now has $86 million worldwide on a budget of 30. It's made 2.9 times. Profitability, baby. That's another Paw Patrol movie. That's another Paw Patrol movie. Absolutely. Uh, Saw X has now made $43 million worldwide on a production budget of 13. 3.3 times the budget, baby. You know what that means. Saw 11. Saw 11. Spiral 2. No, please don't. Please don't do that. No, please, please don't. Please, please, please don't. Nah, Chris Rock's too busy directing. I want to say, yes, but I want to say this. The guts to call this movie Saw 10 
when it's 10 including spiral respect 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 absolute respect mad respect yes the creator now has 61 million dollars worldwide on a budget of 80 0.8 times his budget so far unfortunately it's not looking too great for the creator right now uh let's see here the blind I don't have budget details for, but it's made $10 million on a Fathom event release. I'm going to tell you right now, there's no fucking way this movie costs $10 million. No. There's no way. So they're they're happy over there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you know the budget of the film, please comment below. Let's dive into a little bit more here. The Nun 2 has now crossed $248 million. It'll definitely cross two fifty probably by like next week or something. The sequel to the spinoff to the reshoot? Yep. <laughs> uh, Expendables. Has only made forty-four million dollars worldwide so far in a production budget of a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, just to let you know how bad that film's doing, um, they re-released Hocus Pocus for its anniversary, and it made more this past weekend. Made one point six million. Can't stop them. <laughs> um, Oppenheimer is just shy of nine forty. It's probably going to end its run about there. Shame. And Blue Beetle is going to end its run at around one hundred and thirty. It's going to make less than Shazam two did. The lowest-grossing DC. EU release. Yes, yes. And I will still get the 4K. I enjoyed it. (laughs) Something I want to bring up. Yes. Uh, Dick's the Musical. Ooh. Opened in only seven theaters. Oh, that's out? Yeah. Seven theaters? It only opened in seven theaters in the nation. Oh, boy. And in seven theaters, it made $220,000. It's pretty good per theater average. It's pretty good. That is a pretty good per theater average. Solid theater average. Does that mean it's going to open incredibly high? No. That's a very niche, but, niche thing to happen. But that's that's not nothing. That's not nothing. That's not nothing. And I'm very much so looking forward to that movie. Uh, Nicholas, it is time for our predictions for next week, which I'm super excited to do. Dalton, you go first. I'm going to go at number one, Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour movie. Fair. Um, Number two... Call me crazy, Nick. I'm going to go Exorcist Believer. All right. Three, Paw Patrol. Okay. Four, Saw X. Five, The Creator. All right. I am going to go Taylor Swift. (laughs) What? What? Shocking. I'm going to go... What did Paw Patrol make? Eleven. I'm going to go Exorcist. (laughs) I'm going to go... Paw Patrol. Okay. I'm going to go Saw X. Uh-huh. And I'm going to go with the blind again. Oh, the three-peat. Oh, dude, that'd be cool. I'm going for the three-peat. All right, all right, all right, all right. It's going to be an interesting one. It's it, going to be good. It definitely will be. Everyone's too... Ca- it should have been Killers of the Flower Moon, but Martin Scorsese's a coward. Hey. He knows the power of Taylor So is Jason Blum. <laughs> But at Five Nights at Freddy's. But at least Jason Blum was like, we moved because of Taylor Swift. He just says it in interviews. He's like, I'm not fucking with that. No way. Yeah, he's he's a smart (laughs) man. Oh, yeah. I mean, even better, get it closer to Halloween. That seems more fitting. Correct. Yeah. Whether it be temporary microphones, new sound systems and mixers, and all of the above and other things. Not very good at poetry. I don't know if you're realizing this or not. An iambic pentameter? Sure. All right. Either way, it's fun to do the show. Uh, we're going to have our shit together more next week. Um, by the way, if you like seeing more videos like that where we ranked the Star Wars shows, like let us know. We'll make more kind of stuff and add that into the show as well. 
and we, um, we could do it after Loki wraps up, even. Yeah, we'll have a gap we could do the Marvel show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Look at that, <laughs> indeed. Uh, but yeah, guys. Um, as always, thank you so much for watching. Mm-hmm. Um, if something happens with SAG-AFTRA in between this, when we're a week late on the news again, that would just be funny at this point. Yeah, it would be. But either way, we hope the deal happens for them soon. Um, with that said, thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you next time.